Welcome to Unscripted Pivots. I am your host, Danielle Sproles. You know when you come across somebody that you meet randomly and they have that it factor, you know, that special something that differentiates them from just, you know, the regular person you meet. Well, that's what I'm going to tell you that Stephanie Gilzian has. She has the it factor. She has a quiet confidence without arrogance. She has a super high charged energy about her. And you can tell at every turn that this woman is in it to win it, but not just for herself, for everybody else that she brings along. And she is a leader through and through. When I saw her take the stage as a keynote speaker last year in 2022 at the Globe Street Women of Influence Conference in Utah, I thought to myself, now that's how we should all be. That's what all women, including myself, should strive to be. Own that stage, own your message, and just take everybody for a beautiful ride. I hope you enjoy the listen. There we go. Hey, welcome to Unscripted Pivots. I have today on the show, I have Stephanie Gillison. I'm so excited to have you here, Stephanie. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Danielle. Thanks for bringing me on. Yeah, it's been a beat since we actually connected. So Stephanie Gillison is the Director of Growth at EXP Commercial, which is the fastest growing commercial brokerage. I think, is it nationally or globally? I know it's really out there. It's nationally, but EXP is actually owned by EXP World Holdings. And so EXP World Holdings owns the EXP Realty, which is more residential and now commercial. So EXP is now open in 24 additional countries outside of the United States. Wow. And you're a rock star within that universe. There's no doubt about it. So when we first met, it was so funny because there we were. You were being honored, I want to say, yet again, okay? But the first time that I I got to know, we were in Utah at Globe Street Women of Influence last year. And there I am looking for just upstairs, trying to find a quiet space to have a drink. My drink of choice was the coffee. And then there you are standing. And we just started to speak, right? Yeah. And it was so natural and so secluded. And then you took a look at me and you're like, wait, I know you. You were trying to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn before we even got there. And I noticed you were one of the honorees. And so I wanted to just reach out to the women that were being celebrated at this conference. And then I just organically meet you like in some quiet space, which was such a treat. And it was unbeknownst to me there that you were going to be one of the keynote speakers to boot. I looked at the agenda so closely, right? And what a rock star you were. So tell me a little bit about what it is that you're doing today. What else you've been celebrated for? Because I know that you've had so many awards and recognitions. You also got the best bosses in CRE. You're honored for that, but in Globe Street in 2022, you have been recognized as CREX. I don't know if I say Crexy or if I actually say the Platinum (laughs) Brokerage Award. You're a brokerage. I'm a title insurance. Like I said, you got the Globe Street Woman of Influence Award. You got the CRE 2022 Top LinkedIn Influencers. The list goes on and on. And you're well-recognized today. Let me take you back for a minute, because one of the things I like to do on this podcast is talk about the journey more so than today's destination, right? So let me bring you back to, I don't know, you're going to college, right? Where did you go to college? What did you plan on studying there? And what was the game plan for young Stephanie? 
So I went to Eastern Kentucky University, which I'm in Kentucky. I'm from Kentucky. I still live in Kentucky. I went there because as a child, I just wanted to be an attorney. And I thought, you know what? I want to be in the criminal justice. I I wanted to go into that law. And so Eastern Kentucky University, that's exactly what it's known for is criminal justice. I thought as a child, I want to be a prosecutor. I want to put bad people away, that type of thing. So that's how I ended up at Eastern Kentucky University. And then I think as we get involved, political science was my major because that's one of the stepping stones to pivot you into law school. Never had I had an interest in politics. I think there's always a reason or sometimes we think that one day maybe we could be president of the United States, right? I mean, I always dream bigger than, yeah. So then I really got intrigued in the politics. I ended up taking a job with a polling company that did all the polling reports for CNN, CNBC, all the major news media outlets. And for the 1996 presidential election, I'm out in the trenches doing exit polling for all of these elections, whether they were the state, the local, the presidential, the Senate, you name it. And it was interesting. It was interesting to get to understand and get to really question the people. And it was also very interesting from when I was growing up in Louisville, Kentucky, which is highly metro and the largest city in Kentucky, to then getting into the rural parts of Kentucky where things are very different. And what that gave me was a completely different perspective. And I started paying attention to, okay, why are these areas of Kentucky heavily developed And why are these other areas struggling and there is no development? There is no new growth. And it's crazy. And you're going to laugh at me because we did first meet over a drink. Yeah, you had coffee. I think I was trying to take the edge off a minute. It was happy hour. It was happy hour. (laughs) That's just my happy these days. I was paying attention to something and it hit me. And I was like, okay, all the rural areas have one thing in common. And that is they're dry. No alcohol sales. Yeah. And then all the heavily developed areas had alcohol sales, right? That's where all the commercial development was happening. That's where the life was happening. And I thought, okay, wait a minute. If we could take something 20 minutes outside of one of the heavily populated cities that's recognizable and turn it wet, what would happen? And so I actually started working with a lot of the local government and I really got intrigued about this. And so we worked on that. We looked at what would that mean? And there was a town where EKU was, Eastern Kentucky University, Madison County, and it's Mm -hmm. Richmond, Kentucky. Half of it was wet and booming. The next exit of it was dry. Nothing was there. And it was interesting to look at it from that angle. But as soon as we were able to work on different legislation and get that county focused on what could be, and it turned wet, things started to boom. Yeah, this doesn't surprise me at all, because even today you're considered a problem. One of the things that you always bring to the table is that you identify what your prospects pain points are, and then you deliver a customized solution. So this doesn't surprise me at all. But what I'm wondering, you're out there, you're thinking you're going to be an attorney, right? And you want to do the criminal justice. So right away, you want to be an enforcer of some type, I guess, right? And And I love that. And so now you're doing the polling. But then how did this morph into something different? Because you're not a politician and you're not an attorney. You're wildly successful in real estate, both development and brokerage. 
Where did the shift happen at your younger self? Like, where were you working after? So as I'm still in college and I'm seeing this explosive growth, I'm like, wait a minute. If I was able to get into real estate, not only can we solve problems and develop, but I can also start building these relationships to bring in, right? Solve the problem, but then find a way to monetize it for everybody involved. And so that's when I started to get interested in real estate. I was still on the law school path and didn't really stop that path, but I really was interested in, I love taking a blank canvas and turning it into something. And that's one of the reasons I'm a developer today. Well, because but you I have vision. That. Yeah, you yeah, have vision. I'm a visionary. I'm a visionary, but along with that, you put the work ethic and you put in the time, right? You put the hustle into it, mm-hmm. then it turns into something. And so that was what I decided to do. And I'll never forget the day that I told my parents, look, I'm not going to go to law school in August. August of 1999 is when I should have started law school. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that. I'm going to take it a little bit different path. And there were two reasons for that. One, I ended up having a child mm-hmm. my senior year of college. So I had money motivation to to do something now. But two, I loved being able to come into opportunity and turn it into something. And back then I didn't have any money, so I couldn't be that developer, but I could absolutely be the connector. And so that's what I started to work toward, looking at different areas, finding out where growth needed to be and getting there, not first, but at the beginning stages of it. And that's how I ended up in real estate. And law school was just temporarily postponed. But here I am 45 years old and I've never been to law school. And the only regret I have there not going to law school is every time I pay an attorney $560 an hour (laughs) to do a zoning case for me, I'm like, damn, I should have gotten that degree. Let me tell you, as somebody who did go to law school and pass the bar and practice briefly, but then here we go. It's always the kids, right? And then I started to become a mother. No regrets there, but that created my own pivot. And I don't practice law. I'm admin New Jersey, quote unquote, retired status. So I too am paying attorneys exorbitant fees, right? For what they do. But I don't think I would trade what I'm doing for anything, nor do I think you would. I think you love your career. And you've been described as passionate, resilient, and innovative, right? That's what we see whenever we like Google your name, And it's just consistent because it's so accurate. It's absolutely accurate. So tell everybody about within that you were doing, I guess, brokerage or something because I'm in title insurance. And one of the first things you said to me was, oh yeah, then I realized, and I think you were what, in your early twenties, that title insurance was such a necessary and important component. Why not monetize on that as well? It was never really, my impression about you, and I think everybody knows this about you, you don't change things to just monetize for yourself. You're all about giving back and doing things for other and creating a community where, you know, everybody wins. Absolutely. You operate in a vacuum. And I love that. So tell us a little bit more about how you were doing real estate and then had a title insurance component, which you later then sold. And you- yeah, <laughs> I yeah. want to hear about yeah. that. Well, yeah, I moved back to Louisville at 21 years old. I'm a real estate agent Mm -hmm. because in Kentucky, I wasn't qualified to be a broker yet. So really, I'm just trying to find my space. I'm trying to find that right place to, to hang my license. And I thought that was a scenario of, well, here I have this piece of paper that gives me a real estate license. Any broker will take me. So I wanted to affiliate with commercial because that was really where my heart was. Danielle, every office that I walked into that was commercial real estate driven 
literally looked at me, but I never played that female card. Like uh, that has never been in my vocabulary. So I don't know what it was, maybe my age, maybe the youth, what have yeah, you, sure. but I was told no, I literally was told no. So I couldn't affiliate with a commercial brokerage. They said, you don't have any experience. It's not going to work. So I ended up going to work at this small brokerage and I saw how he had been in the industry about 26, 27 years. He's a veteran, but he never set the world on. Like there was nothing inspiring, okay? So as I'm learning this industry by actually doing transactions, I'm learning all the ways and all the things necessary to have success. And success means where the client has success, both the seller, the buyer, sure. Everybody involved in that transaction has success and they're happy, right? At the end, nothing's successful unless everybody's happy and wins at the end. And so I'm paying attention to titles an absolute necessity. It's not where a deal begins, but it's definitely something that could, where a deal can end. And so I'm really learning how important it is to one, have a title prior to listing a property so I know what the heck I'm listing so that we can be aware of easements, so that we can be aware of liens and any of those issues that exist or could be tied to that, that could cloud that title. But I'm also wanting to make sure that when I'm representing it into the marketplace, that I'm representing it fully. And what better way to do that than to provide that buyer a peek at the title, right? Why find out then you have those that. It's almost like you don't even change, you expand. You keep yeah. adding value in other ways. So you took on the title component of it in addition to doing the real estate brokerage. And then tell me a little bit about how you sold that and what you did. Because when you mentioned it to me, I thought she was so young and yet uh -huh. just such a badass. Thank you for that. But here's the thing. I was doing a lot of business. I really was doing for my age. I started my first real estate company six months after I got my real estate license because I needed to build my model. I and needed to build the model. Then? I had just turned 22. So I built my first real estate company and the title component, all of these title companies, closing attorneys, you name it. They're all like, we want your business. We want your business. We want your business. And I'm sitting there looking at a closing statement or a HUD, which is what we called them back then. And I'm sitting there going, how do y'all make any money making 250 bucks on a closing? I just want to know. Because by yeah. the time you print all this paper, by the time you print all this paper, like that's a lot of money. Plus, you got all these people sitting around. Plus, you got this beautiful, fancy office space. Plus, you're offering everybody a cup of coffee, a, a, a Diet Coke, or a what have you, and you got chocolate on the table. How do you make money? <laughs> I'm just asking questions. No, and, and you're so, still asking that same question. <laughs> Your questions yeah, haven't changed. So I learned where the true money is, and I'm not going to give that secret away, but I learned where that true money was. And I said, mm -hmm. okay, if everybody wants my business, give me a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Fair. And who, who else really asks that question? That doesn't come yeah. to the table very often, but that worked out for you. It absolutely it did. worked out it, for you. It worked out. And then things change as far as different guidelines and protections and all of that stuff. And it just got a little bit risky to mm -hmm. be a real estate broker, to be the title company owner, to also have the owner of the financing or the mortgage so company. Some, yeah, it can be perceived as a conflict of interest. And at that time, yeah. it, it no longer served you. So then you went ahead and you sold it. So and, I sold it. Yeah. So I sold it. I, and I sold it for the book of business. And it was very lucrative to do that. And that all happened, started in 2000. 
with it. And I sold it before 2006 and it was very lucrative and it worked for me. And then I learned everything there needed to be known to really run and, and expand that type of business. You know what I think is great about that? You recognize that part of your life had an expiration date. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times people in general, but women in particular, struggle with expiration dates, whether that has to do with a job, a part of a job, a relationship. There's all sorts of things and we're like, okay, but we can make it work better. We can fix this or we can change something maybe about ourselves, which I think is the truest crime ever. Don't change anything. Sometimes things you just have to move on. And that's not a failure. That's a success in its own right. It just is, right? So then you sold the title company and then were you still at the real estate company? What was the name of that company? So back then, because in, in Kentucky, you had to be two years licensed full-time before you could sit for the broker's exam. I couldn't put my name on the brokerage business because I actually ha- had a broker so I could be in business. Sure. And so we just had initials at that time. And back then it was MG Realtors. And then as soon as in 2001, I was eligible to get my broker's license, did that, pass the test, and it became Gillis and Realty. Oh, you had and your then, name on it and everything. And then I had my <laughs> I name it. on it because that's what yeah. you're supposed to do, right? I focused brand. early on, on brand recognition. Not every real estate agent wants to affiliate with a name, but back then it worked. It worked because I built this brand recognition. My name is Gillison. It's very different. There's mm-hmm. a handful of us that exist on the entire planet. How many? It's Romanian. Okay, I love it. Yeah. So the Romanians recognize it, but it is not a common name by any stretch of the imagination. And so that that helped elevate me, but it also embedded my brand in a lot of people's minds. And still to today, it's a very recognizable brand. Because one of the things being with EXP is that they allow us to become the brand and we're brokered by EXP. And so we take the lead seat and they take a subsidiary seat. And that way that brand never goes away. That's fantastic. And so you're a brand within a bigger brand. That's right. right. So you can't do this all alone. And you have such an enormous business. And I had the pleasure of meeting your husband in Utah. That was fantastic. Can't imagine you're not doing this without people that you're hiring, right? So you have teammates. And I'm wondering, what is it? What kind of characteristics are you looking for when you're hiring people that are going to be part of your brand? Your reputation is on the line. You have built it up, right? So you need to be consistent and deliver. What are some of the characteristics you look for when hiring people to report to you, work with you? One, honesty. Everybody's got to be honest. That's that's (laughs) number one. They got to be honest. They cannot be all about the money. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we all work to make money, but you can't make it all about the money because as soon as you do, you are putting that client in the back seat. The client's got to ride in that front seat. And as far as I'm concerned, they need to drive the car and you ride the shotgun, right? I love it. Because Mm -hmm. ultimately, that's who we're working for. And so you can't lose sight of that. Any real estate agent, any real estate broker that are counting the dollars on a transaction, I always say, don't do that. Don't tally up what your potential is to make when you go out and list something because you're setting the precedent and that's all you're worried about, right? Yeah. You've got to worry about the satisfaction. You've got to worry about the client's success and that everybody shows up to the closing of that deal thrilled and happy. Because if you don't create raving fans off of all of your transactions, 
you're dead because referral business is really where it's at. Picking up new business is a must, but the referral business, that's what gives you the long haul. That's what keeps you in business is the referral business. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. We spend very little money on marketing because we don't have to. We've got an entire list of thousands of raving fans because every listing appointment, every showing, every client or potential client conversation is an interview. You're always being interviewed. And the day you lose sight of that is the day your reputation changes. So you, what would you say is like the biggest competitive advantage that you have over your competitors in your industry? So for us, our team is extremely diverse in what our specialties are. For example, we do a lot of business sales, okay? We represent mm-hmm. a lot of businesses that are looking to exit. Maybe they're at retirement age, okay? So we have certified business valuation experts on our team. We know, look, commercial real estate is all about the bottom line. How much money are you going to make and how much money is it worth, right? And so having that is key. Majority of all other people in this space are always asking me, how did you get this valuation or where did you come up with the value? Well, we've got a full documentation of something to prove exactly how we came up with that. So that's key. And that's not my specialty. Yes, can I look at financials? Of course I can. But can I truly value a business the right way? No, I've got team members though that can and they're sort of not. And that's what we do. We align ourselves so we make a complete picture with the skill sets of others, right? And so even, yeah. yeah. And my husband, you know, he brings something to his restaurant background, you know, that space. He knows that space. He knows how the brands work. He knows exactly the requirements. Our knowledge is off the charts. And that's why so many corporate chains work with us because they don't have to explain that to us, right? I love land. I love development. I can take a piece of land and say, okay, this is its highest and best use. And this is what it's going to be worth. Oh, and once we get it to the highest and best use, this is exactly what we can, you know, fit on it. You you have a lot of your act together at a very young age. There's no doubt about it. And that's why I was so drawn to you because of your presence only to be exemplified further on stage. When you took that stage in Utah at the Globe Street Woman of Influence Conference last year in 2022, I was just so enamored by your energy and your intelligence. And I thought, you know, the positivity that flowed from you, the confidence, not arrogance, confidence. You're a woman who knew herself. And I celebrate every time I see that because you don't see it every day. You just don't. There are a lot of women who they're well credentialed and they're, they've got it all going on and they have a very long list of achievements. And one of the things about this podcast is just to create a community of conversation and women, we're discussing that, the highs and lows. Let me ask you this. So there's a lot of confidence in your journey, but tell me something, tell us something that perhaps you wish you knew five years ago, okay, that you today, and you're like, yeah, I wish I knew that five years ago. That's a tough one. See, it is. This could be in your personal life too. It doesn't necessarily have to be with your career. I think that, oh man, and there's actually, that's probably a long list and very few of us ever want to admit that that's quite a long list, but we're learning every single day. I'm completely learning still to this day. And the moment you think you don't need to learn another thing, you're totally (laughs) over. So you're over, right? And so there's a lot of things, but I think a lot of times, and again, and I hate saying this because I don't want to ever be, I'm not a victim. Like I'll never be a victim, 
But I think that as much as we think we have pushed forward the personas and the imagery and, hey, in this day and age, women should always have respect. I still, to this day, I assume, I will assume that I will go into a situation, a deal, a conversation, a meeting, you name it. I don't care Mm -hmm. if it's personal or business, where I believe there's no way that anybody's going to hold anything against me. And every single time, there's always one. There's always one that literally is like, what do you know? Like, I assume that's over with, right? We assume that there's no way we're going to be questioned because that's the worst thing. I wake up. No, seriously. I live my life where I wake up every day and not to get all religious and more spiritual than religious, but I say, God, please help me be teachable. I want to remain Mm -hmm. teachable because when you have that open mindset, right? What comes in is just huge. I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that I have to question all that I've learned, right? But there's always more to learn and to grow from. So I got I, I this get email it. over the weekend. I got this email over the weekend from another real estate broker. Okay. And I don't know his age at all. I have no idea, but I do know he's a man. And I do know that he knows I'm a woman. He literally were he submitted an offer on these three a triple net portfolio deal. Mm-hmm. And it's too low. The seller says counter at this. So I literally copy and paste what the seller said and send it back to him in writing. He says, since we don't believe you know what you're doing. Wow. We're going to call your seller directly. Wow. What the? What the? Yeah. You know, you know I mean, the, the arrogance said, of that is just astounding. Call. Mm-hmm. You, you call my seller. You call my <laughs> seller. And by the way, I will help you get my boot out of your you know what when you do. <laughs> and so how did that end? Finish the story. He physically tried to reach out. He left a message. I sent the whole thing to my seller just so he was aware. And uh, my seller didn't take his call. He doesn't want to do business with somebody like that. No. Because and, and you know no what? You don't need to do business with somebody no. like that, Stephanie. I mean, you have way too many relationships to be disrespected that way. And you know what? That's going to be out there. That's going to be out there in the world. And and especially on the commercial level, you're going to see some of that as you go through the path. But you know what? I'd like to think that there's less and less from a percentage standpoint. Speaking of percentage, what is the current percentage for women in the industry today? What are you seeing there in brokerage? I mean, have you seen a lot of growth in terms of female representation? Probably more in the on the commercial level, I'm wondering. There's definitely more, but you're still upside down as far as the men and then women in commercial space. There's obviously a whole lot less. It's rising, obviously, on the residential side of things. And it is rising, I think, in commercial too, but it is. It's still probably, and I don't know that exact statistic. I think they told us that at Globe Street, and it was something like 30% are women and the rest are men. Something like that. Yeah, I think 37% is what I was told. Yeah. Yeah, 37%. It's not 50 50, that's for sure. Let me ask you this How do you start your mornings, or what kind of routine, if any, do you have to get things going? Maybe it could be a morning routine, or maybe do you have a particular routine before you're going to meet a new client, a new prospect? What are some tips that work for you that you think that maybe some women aren't utilizing? Okay. So, and I'm not saying they have to utilize this because a lot of people will call me nuts for it, but every (laughs) single day I pretty much am up by 4 a.m. 
Oh, because me. I, yeah. well, I need Stephanie time. Okay. Yes. I'm a mom and I love my kids and I'm married and everything's wonderful, but I need Stephanie time. And I have found that if I get up at 4 a.m., the first thing I do is one, and I do make my coffee. I love coffee, but I'll Same. make my coffee. And then I am looking at my emails. I absolutely love it. If I had a client that emailed me the night before, maybe I went to bed you know, too soon and didn't see it. And I'm responding at 4 a.m. Their mind is blown. It doesn't even matter what I say in that email. They're just shocked that I did it at 4 a.m. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So that's a conversation piece. And remember this real estate and, and any type of sales, it's a relationship business. And so when you are doing things that build rapport and that builds rapport for me, it's impressive to people. So that's a conversation piece that people want to pick up the phone and go, why in the heck are you up at 4 a.m.? And then number two, after I've done that piece of it, then I read. There are certain things that online I subscribe to, all right? Mm -hmm. I want to know what's happening. Do you want to share what they are? What's one of your favorite? What do you think that women should be looking at if they're in the real estate sector? Well, I think that for me, and that Google does this, it tracks what you're searching and looking for. So I'll get notifications of, of publications because I'm always looking at brands that are coming to market or box stores that are looking to expand or even the big boxes that are going to close, you know, so many stores or who's doing layoffs, whatever the case might be. And I look at headlines and I look for military bases that are going to expand, or let's say Ford's going to build an EV plant or whatever. I'm looking for those opportunities and where they're going to be putting something because the time to get involved for surrounding areas, whether it's housing development, whether it's retail, you name it, is then, right? Because once they build a million square foot facility, they've already hired everybody. So you're too late to the game. Right. So I always want to pay attention to what's happening first so that I can jump on to those opportunities. And two, when you're having conversations with people and you know those things and you can speak that language, they're like they're you're like Wikipedia at that point. So well, sure. They, they want to know the vernacular so that they can feel like you're part of yes. Knowledge is power. It knowledge is. is power. And even when I'm going to have a conversation with another broker that may be from a totally different market than what I'm in, because my business is across the entire United States. It is. And it's not just in Kentucky. Well, I mean, no, it's actually Kentucky. global. I know that you do it some is business. Global. It is global. We, you yes. have other projects and whatnot. Resorts, that, projects, yes. land developments, opportunities in other countries, because you look, people are looking for opportunity. And some of those have been because of what I'm reading in the headlines. Well, another big thing that we pay attention to is that, you know, there, these headlines started a couple months ago where it says less than 25% of restaurants will survive coming up because so many of them borrowed unforgivable money for through COVID. And now those notes are coming due and now they can't make those monthly payments. So I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a problem solver, Danielle. Yes, you I'm are. I'm a problem solver. So then that said, I went to my husband, the restaurant genius that he is. And I said, listen, we need to talk to our brands because they're not going to want stores to close. But we know how to negotiate debt. Learn that during those title days, right? Learn those during that college days. And I said, we know how to negotiate debt. Let's keep these stores open and figure out the solution for that. And so that's another service that we're doing. If a business can't afford to make those payments, 
What can we do to help them survive or ultimately at least get it sold to somebody with the cash that can influx into it and keep it? Yeah. You know what? You're always about the big picture, but within that bigger picture, you're all about the smaller details, right? You're always dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And I, that's really what has lent itself to your great success. I have one last question for you. Do you love your future or your past more? Oh, the future. The, I yeah. mean, you got, look, there's always little things that you wish you could change. But in all, all honestly, I have no, I mean, there's nothing that is so wrong that I would ever regret. But no, I love the future because here's the thing. What's on the five horizon? Years, <laughs> well, here's the thing though. They, so five years ago in 2018, if somebody said to me in the next five years, you will be selling commercial real estate across 50 states and multiple countries, I would have looked them square in the eye and said, you've lost your mind. Here we are five years later and we accomplished it, right? Yeah. So it is possible. It is absolutely possible. And so I always look to the future because more development, more success, but also too, I'm looking at, at what age is it enough, right? What age is it enough? And so I'm looking forward to helping, mentoring, training other people to do exactly what I do. And that's really what I'm working toward is a way I've got kids. If anybody would have said five years ago, all your kids are going to go into real estate and they're still underage. Two of them are, I would say, no way they've watched mom and dad. There's no way they're going to get into this business. No, they absolutely want to be in this business. (laughs) They absolutely. And you know what? Kudos to you, because even though they they see that they see the payoff with the hard work. And when I say payoff, not only what came to you financially, but all that you've created and all that you've done. So, you know, you're inspiring both inside and outside the home. And that's a success in and of itself. I can't thank you enough for coming on today. I can't wait till I see you again. I don't know what conference we're maybe going to, or you know what? We don't even have to wait for some sort of industry organization yeah. to tell us when we should get together out here in California and you're in Kentucky, but that's only a hop and a skip away. I live right by the airport. Hey, us Kentucky, <laughs> us Kentucky, we, we, you know, we, we love visiting California. So you've got Newport the better weather. Beach, baby. <laughs> I love all, it. All day long. The invitation is always open to you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and your time. And I look forward to when we cross paths next. All right, Stephanie Gilzian, you are a rock star. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for stopping by today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and conversation. Check out the show notes to stay in touch with my guests. The community grows when we spread the word. Feel free to share this episode with a friend by text or on social media. And remember, you can tag me on Instagram at Danielle Sproles. Rating the show also helps give it some traction. I would appreciate a five-star review. And next time you experience that WTF moment, remember, we are women that flourish. <laughs>